I am Natalie. In my work as a healer, therapist and in this podcast, I consult the spirits, guides and counselors. I have been working this way for over 13 years and this connection has existed from the day I entered this world. In this podcast, in the heart of being, a spiritual journey, the spirits, guides and counselors connect me to the layers of being, dimensions and the library of knowledge, where we connect the spirit with the body, which I love to share with you all. Will you join us in our quest, weaving the unknown into the known? So welcome. Today, Disha and I are going to talk about the ego. And a lot of things have been said about the ego. Many people talk about it. But still, we thought it would just be interesting to talk about it uh, one more time. Or maybe more than that. And Disha asked me, actually, how does the ego uh, shows itself in, in the world, in your life? And I said, like, with everything we do, the ego is there, you know. Uh, we think we are, in a way, free, but the ego is our real cage. It's the one that is always looking over the shoulder. It's the one that is judging. It's the one that is uh, making ourselves small. It's the one that uh, says, oh, look at me, I did this, you know. It's in every corner of who we are. That's why monks just just go to the monastery. And even when they are there, they have lots of trouble to get rid of the ego. But actually, it's not that you get rid of the ego. It's that you will start to listen like the spaces in between. Because every time something happens, then there's a moment, there's nothing. Even it's like a millisecond or not. But there is. And this is like the true sense of who we are. And then it comes. The idea, the thought, the response, uh, everything. But actually like these, these small moments before something truly happens... It's like, they say, like, you get lost in space. In a way we are. In a way we are. That's why it is sometimes very frightening for people when the ego dissolves. You get, in a way, lost in space. Because the ego is also the one that, we, in a way, we like our cages. Hmm? We like to be the victim. Most people do. They don't want to acknowledge it, but they do sometimes. Someone comes to me and they're like, oh, this is happening and this, and why is this happening to me? And stuff like that. I said, okay, yeah, we can we can talk about this, that you feel that way. I said, but then you will feel like this way for the rest of your life. You will never get out of it. If that's what you want, I'm fine with it, you know. It's your life. I'm not uh, telling you you need to be different, but do you like feeling this way? And then they say, no. I say, okay, but then we can do something, you know. And, and the moment someone says no is the moment, is also this still moment in between. Because then they realize, wait a second, I am not this. I am something else. And then the ego comes back. Say yes, but this person, this and that. So what the ego is also the one that blames the world. It's always the other person, or it blames you. And it says, well, it's because you, you are always like this, you know? You are always like this, and it will never change. So the ego keeps us small. 
so how to get rid of it in a way <laughs> i don't think we need to get the world is not ready for not having an ego at all we would be running around like chicken with without hat <laughs> we would we would actually headless chickens headless chickens yeah <laughs> we would and sometimes when people get like a psychosis for example or enlightenment experiences that are very close to psychosis most of the times it is um they the ego just in a way just uh loses its grip And then those people, they are like rockets. They go into the sky and they have all these epiphanies. They they understand and 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 everything dissolves. And and most of afterwards they get like this really uh, frightful faces because when everything starts to dissolve and no one understands, you know, then fear comes. So that's why I say like if the ego will just just let go of all of us from one moment to the next, then most people would be like out of their heads. Huh? So it slowly it loses its grips. But the way to get rid of the grip of the ego is start to notice. Start to notice. Is this really me? When you know, like, you meet this person, you always have this feeling about this person. We all do have certain person that, like, in a way, how you say that, uh, uh, rock your boat, huh? And, um, and you're like, oh, no, okay, this person is coming, okay, okay, okay. But in the end, it is like the ego telling you, you have problems with this person. But it's not true. It's just a thought. And and even that things happen in the past, every moment is a new one. And when we start realizing that, we get into the middle of who we are. And when we are in the middle of who we are, the ego does not exist. So when I work with people and and they cannot get out of it, I sometimes like do this practice. I said, okay, you know, you're standing here, but um, take a step forward. And you leave that behind, you know, you, you just take a step. How do you feel? And I said, huh? I feel different. Because the reason why is that you make them aware of that they have these thoughts. And when you just make let make them a step forward, then they you you get them into the present moment. And in the present moment the ego never exists. Never. The ego is not here when we are here. Never. It's like a coat. You get home, it was cold, you take your coat off. And you're home. So the ego is like a coat. And when it is like this this, this coat that is very tight, you're like, Ugh! take it off. And when you take it off, you get into the present moment. So when we are aware where we are, like you and me are here now, our ego is uh, out of the door, you know. We are here. We are here. And it tries to distract us instantly. So sometimes it feels like this this part of us that, that doesn't want to let go. But if it was really something that was who we are, it would have been with us from the moment we would have entered this world. From the moment we would have been born. But it develops. When we are three, four, five, six, seven. It develops in different ways. We can be the victim, we can be the conqueror, 
we can be the student, we can be the intellect, we can be the loving one, you know, even in those, even if we can be the good person, but it is always like, uh, there's always something that is opposite of it, opposite of um, the good or the bad, the good or the bad. So the ego is always about the good person, the bad person, the good idea, the bad idea, the good behavior, the bad behavior, this is where the ego is. And you know, like, we talk about this is a good behavior, this is a bad behavior. And when we do, our ego is just laughing, you know, and said, okay, I got you, I got you. Things can make us upset in a way, you know, but when we start labeling things, the ego gets in, and then we make a distinction. Mm, so judgment. Judgment, yeah. And when we start to judge, we lose the overall view. We cannot see the whole picture anymore. And this is what the ego always does. So it, it narrows our view of the world, our view of ourselves. Because we are the ones experiencing the world around us. Even that you sit in front of me, your experience is different than it is mine. And even that we understand each other on, on different levels, it's a different experience, which has to do with where you came from. But I believe that if we are in the present moment, we can experience the world the same way, because the labels are gone. And when the labels are gone, the ego dies. So perhaps can we talk about when we are young, and we start to develop a personality, an identity. Why do we have that as part of our evolution to develop that up to a certain age? We wanted to experience how it would be to live in duality. It was a choice. We all made this choice to live in this world, to experience duality, to, to see how it is to be in war or not, you know, all those things. We wanted to experience this. So we come in with no ego. We develop ego. We develop personality. And I think you know, and you will see when parents, for example, come closer to their leaving of this world, to their death, then all those things they believed or stuff like that, it just disappears. And most of them, not all, that's all what they always say. Yeah, they are like children again, huh? And away they are, because the ego is just disappearing, because uh, its time is over. Uh, its time is over. And then, like, the quality of the heart, actually, the light that we are, starts shining again. So when my father died, he was on his deathbed, and was so, actually, was very beautiful. And all his brothers and sisters came, and there was so much love. My father felt so much love for everyone. And then the, this woman that, that did the service came, and she was crying and crying. And my brother asked her later, he said, why were you crying that much? She said, he radiated so much love. And my father had bad things happening to him, but it disappeared. He left it in this life. He left it in this life. And he was ready to, to go to the other world. And then everyone left and he said, okay, I am ready. Well, he had to wait a few more days, <laughs> but he was ready. And he was not sorry about it. So 
when we see that it is just a part of, of the process we have as people, as humans, we start taking it less serious. And we, and we start laughing about it. Said, oh, yes, the ego got me. Oh, man, you did it again. <laughs> you did it again. And uh, when you can laugh about it, you start to let it go. You start to take yourself less serious. Because it can only exist because we are taking it so serious. We are taking it as, as the truth. But what is the truth even, you know? We, th- we talk about it, this is, this is the truth. And then something new is uh, discovered and we're like, oh no, it was not the truth at all. But at that moment, we believed that it was. And the ego always says like, this is the way it is. Yes, in my world, but in Disha's world, it may be different. And, and everyone around me. So it's not something that we, we just need to see it, that it is there. And that it has its function to understand how it is, to see both sides, to see both sides. Because sometimes we're in the good and sometimes we're in the bad. Because we have both things inside us. It would be stupid to say, I am only good. The moment I say that, I'm actually pretty bad. Because I am not good and I am not bad. I am the middle. I am the middle. And sometimes I do good deeds and sometimes I do bad deeds comparing to who you ask because that is also different in different parts of the world but actually I am the middle experiencing both because I wanted to experience this and for that I needed to ego because if I would have been still be the light I still am if when I'm in the middle but if I would have been that from the birth until today then I would not have experienced both of these sides That's why we have it in our lives. So what I'm hearing is is to feel acceptance for who we are, where we are, knowing that we are enough, complete, as is, Mm. the way we are. And from that place of acceptance, then also means there's less judgment. Yeah. And more trust. Yeah. And what does that trust lead to? Trust in, in the end leads to that you experience the middle more and more. Because in a way then you, I'm not l- much about learning lessons, but then you have learned your lesson. You have uh, made, you grow actually. Uh, you made a step forward. Because most people say, um, I don't accept this part of me. It needs to change. Then it will never change. Because it is a part of who you are. We are capable of very beautiful things. And we are all capable of really bad things. Just create the situation. And we are. It depends how much of the middle you already know. And then perhaps you do less bad things. But we are all capable of everything we see in this world. Everything. We are. And the moment we start to realize that and embrace all these parts then it becomes less and less and less. And the light in the middle of who we are starts to grow. And then we know we have this sense of well-being inside ourselves. We have these feelings of trust, of wisdom, of knowledge, of um, guidance. This, This is what comes. But before we get there, we need to know all pieces of ourselves and be in peace with them. 
even if we think, oh, this is a really bad behavior of myself. Okay, okay, I, I'm, I'm ignoring it. It's not me, it's not me. But it is you. It's also you. And actually, there's not. It's just like the code you put on when you entered this world, when you wanted to experience what it was like, you know. You grew up in India as a woman, which was not easy. You, you, you told me about it. And um, I grew up here in a family that, um, yeah, that did their best. But if I would have done nothing in my life, it would have been fine. So, but even for you and for me, we felt there is more. There is so much more in this life. And we had to work for it to get there. But we wanted this. We wanted to work for this because we knew there's such much, so much aliveness, actually. And we both became women. And that we did choose. Because in most parts of the world, uh, this was less difficult here than where you grew up. But still it was. Um, it's difficult to, to express yourself. Because most of the times it's not accepted. But we, we wanted to make, in a way, the change. So that's, in the beginning, we needed a really strong ego. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, we needed a strong ego. So the ego, in a way, also, it can be a force for good, so-called, I say good with in the sense that it can help us to have certain experiences from which we learn our lessons. So it's not yeah. all bad. No, 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 it's, no. It can it can help us to grow as as individuals to learn our lesson. And to what end do we need to learn those lessons? Why? You know, like the, what we are just wants to experience. It just wants to experience. And we have all been like, bad in the past or we are now you know and um, we want just to know like how do we we talked about that um, how do we know what life is really about if we just are in one corner just this like this tiny corner we don't know the rest so the way to to know the rest is to experience it fully not just by, by putting your toe into the water. No. Just go underneath and feels like you're drowning. And then you come up again, you know. So, yeah, we need to, f to feel all the parts. And from that we, we learn and we understand. And we understand. And we see other people struggle. But we know they will serve us again, you know. They will serve us again. Maybe not this life, maybe not a life or... And ten thousand lives, but in 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 where we came from, time is irrelevant. Yeah? Like everything is here right now, all the possibilities, all of who we are, and yeah, we we just want to feel. So you have many places you can go to as as a spirit, and this is one of the actually most interesting worlds. We have emotions. Which most, it's like most people that want to... Uh, we have heart. We have heart, yeah. And, uh, and he said, yeah, well, you know, we are moving to, a, to a, a part or to like a place where the emotions will disappear. I said, yeah. But imagine if everything is like um, steady. This is what happens when emotions disappear. Everything is steady. It can be very boring. 
And and when it's steady, we will not experience it as boring because even that will not exist anymore. But we still have emotions. And, and actually, they're really amazing things, you know. Even if we are angry or when we are sad, it teaches us something. Or when we are amazed with what we see. Those are all parts of these emotions. And you have like the, the lower vibrational emotions and the higher ones then become more feelings. But it's only possible because we have ego. Because we see the distinction between good or bad, even if it is true or not, but it is for us. That's why we can feel all those things. I'd like you to perhaps talk about now um, the manifestation of ego in a material sense in the world. In what way? So when we have our personality, our identity growing up, we also associate that with uh, things we want to create, manifest mm -hmm. in the world, which I believe is what our ego comes into play with. And when we are manifesting those things, when we are creating those things, how does our ego work in that respect? Um, well, when you're more bound to this world, then you're more prone to the gadgets, the gadgets of this world, like the gold and the car and the stuff like that. So you create on, on that level. So I need to have this. And the need to have it creates for a lot of people what they, uh, what they want. But there's another part that most people, they want it, but they never can create it. And that has to do with the fact that they believe they... Um, deserve it or not and when people believe they don't deserve it they can run after it for their whole life and sometimes they get little pieces of it but most of the times they don't get there so uh, people that are really good at this kind of manifestations really they also have like this really big ego so i am the one that deserves this you don't deserve it but i do you know and then you have um, people that start to create from the heart. They create different things. And then it's not like a desire anymore. It is um, for the next stage in the development where they are, this creation needs to happen. You understand what I say? When creating from the heart, so this is what I understand. Um, the creation happens not for what it brings to the creator, the mm -hmm. end result, mm -hmm. but for the want of creation, so the process, because that is necessary to express what one is experiencing. In a way, in a way, it is, um, you know, like we, we all want to develop in life, even if, if people say they're fine with where they are. Uh, we came here to experience and to grow. Yeah. So... Uh, some people create in a material world, huh? and, uh, and that's okay. That's what they wanted to experience. And others create from the heart. And the heart just, just wants you to go further and further and further. So it's, it's not that we don't have any longings anymore, but it is like it would be so beautiful if that would be in my life. Mm. And then you let it go. It would be so beautiful. And then you would, would think by yourself, why would it be beautiful? Because the, somewhere you know you leap forward. 
So you create something that makes you jump, but also has an effect on the environment. That's when we start creating from the heart. Mm. So the egoic creation would be more focused on me, mm-hmm. whereas a, a creation from heart would be more focused on the experience that it creates, not just for me, but perhaps as a result, the affecting the environment. Yeah, and the way you are being called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. You're being called to your mission. That's what it means. Okay, yeah. interesting. And and that's actually the difference. The first ones are like in the material world and and perhaps in a, in another life they 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 did this mission of the heart you know it's it's not like when they are at the other side that they are mm-hmm. are less evolved you know there's just a way of thinking but when you create from the heart you are being called mm-hmm. you are being called and and you hear this calling so when it is the purpose in your life to to create from the heart then uh, if you you get into the material world it doesn't doesn't give you the satisfaction, and even b- when you get stuck here, like life is is giving you opportunities to get out of it, to get out of it, to get out of it, because it is not your life purpose. And then, uh, when you start following that, then it starts to create the environment where you uh, need to do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And most of the times, like you have the spiral I am making on the table, it goes outwards. But when I talk about this, I make the spiral inwards. Mm. Inwards. Interesting. Yeah, you go deeper, 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 deeper inside yourself and, until you are in the core and you found your true calling, actually. But the true calling is never something we can think of. The true calling is something you live. Mm. You you just live. and And from there... When when you connect it to the true calling, the outside circle starts to move again. The spiral starts to move out again. Because you have found your true calling. You have found your mission. And, uh, and with that, the ego is just... You use it sometimes as a tool. But actually, it's, n- it's not... We cannot talk about the ego anymore. Because it is, it's not about good and bad. Mm. It's it, when you when you get to this core, to this true manifestation of your your calling. Actually, the thoughts become less and less. And then you know the ego disappeared. And that's why they say uh, that if all of us started taking care of our inner world, mm. then the outer world takes care of itself in a way. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. And then the longing we have for uh, community. Mm. or peace or um, equality is just there next time me and Disha will talk about purpose most of us long for a purpose in our lives and we start searching for it day after day but rarely find true purpose for true purpose is not something we think of for true purpose we need to trust and from trust It will develop into guidance and then everything you need will be on your path waiting for you to unpack and to live your true purpose. But more about that in our next episode. If you have any questions, you can leave them in the Q&A section on Spotify or your own favorite podcast app. And then we will dedicate one or more episodes to the questions and the answers. 
In the meantime, you can connect with us on natalienevely.nl and on Instagram, in the heart of being. Thank you for listening. See you next time.